Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers gotta hug. The voice is like a combination of Fergie and Jesus. You sound like you're from London. I don't want your life. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine. What is up, everybody, and welcome to The Movie Showdown with Rock and Rob. My name is Rob Mansfield, and with me, his favorite scary movie is also Kazam. It's Alex Rockline. Surely you can't be serious with the movies this week, Rob. I am, and please don't call me Shirley. Well, Alex, there's uh, something pretty different about this episode. Did you notice? I think I did, but uh, why don't you tell everyone what's going on here this week? Well, we have something very exciting. This week, we have our very first guest on the show. A little background, hailing from California, standing at six foot four. I think it's kind of hard to tell over the computer. He is an expert on all things 90s. Welcome to the show, Johnny, a.k.a. 90s era nostalgia. What's up, guys? Happy to be here. Appreciate the invite. I am a self-proclaimed expert on 90s stuff, so you know, take that with a grain of salt. I did my research. I would say pretty expert in my opinion. I mean, you lived it, so that gives <laughs> you a heads up on some people. That's true. That's true. We're all about the same age, about the perfect age range of people that lived through the glory years of the 90s and can really reminisce and reflect on some of the awesomeness that we had as kids growing up and how much I miss some of that now. Agreed. Definitely helps that I have a, a much older sister who forced me to listen to share getting ready for school every day. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so Johnny is the creator of the hit Instagram account 90s.era.nostalgia. He has some awesome content on there. That's actually how we got connected. I saw some of the stuff that he put out. I loved it. Really excited to have him on the show. So Johnny, as the self-proclaimed 90s expert, what is your favorite 90s horror film or teen movie? Favorite 90s horror film, it's going to have to be Scream. I mean, it just started everything. And I mean, Nev Campbell, Childhood Crush. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about that question too. And Alex and I have talked before on the show. We didn't grow up huge horror fans, but Scream for me is absolutely number one as well. I was forced to watch horror movies with my sister because she's like super into them and just, you know, oh, watch this with me. It's not that scary. And I would be terrified. So I think a lot of my memories of horror movies come from forced watching, which in itself feels like a plot of a horror movie. So I don't know if I even want to say one because it just brings back terrible memories. What about teen movie, Johnny? You have a favorite teen movie? It's going to have to be a movie that I wasn't supposed to watch as a kid, but my sister rented the VHS and I somehow snuck it into my room and watched it. Cruel Intentions. Oh, yeah. You know, it's so funny. Maybe being the age we were, the late 90s when some of those movies came out, you know, American Pie, Cruel Intentions, and you would see the trailers or advertisements for it or posters. And I would just be like, oh, I really want to see that. But there was just no way to see it. So if you were able to sneak a viewing or get it, it was glorious for a 90s kid during uh, the formative years. And you could tell all your friends that you watched the movie you know they probably would never watch it so some bragging rights it really was you think about it yeah you couldn't watch it unless you had an actual physical copy like Mm -hmm. you're not getting in the theater so it's like yeah you have to do whatever you can to get and you can't rent it if you're not a certain age that's true that is true a 10 year old kid can't really go in and be like hey let me uh rent cruel intentions yeah (laughs) (laughs) cruel intentions is elite i think i would say that's probably in my top three or four for 90s 
teen movies. I really like 10 Things I Hate About You. Mm. Really like American Pie. Also love She's All That. We'll talk about that a little later. 10 Things I Hate About You and She's All That. I was old enough to go see in the theaters. Cruel Intentions, American Pie had to find a way to watch those in an alternative method. So we were brainstorming ideas with Johnny about an episode theme, throwing out different movies from the 90s, and he came up with a great idea. He suggested we battle out two spoof movies that cover so many of the 90s films that we know and love. So this week, I will be representing Scary Movie, and Rock will be representing Not Another Teen Movie, with Johnny as the judge for who wins each round. The history of parody movies goes back all the way to the early 1900s, which was not something I realized until I started doing a little research about this. The 70s and 80s were considered the golden age of parodies with a ton of movies that were very critically acclaimed, such as Blazing Saddles, Airplane, and one of my personal favorites, Spaceballs. That kind of led into the 2000s, which brought in more of a new age variety of parody movies, and they started to grow in popularity in no small part to the movies that we're going to be talking about today. So Rock and Johnny, why do you think parody movies work and are so popular? For me, why they work is you're familiar with what they're making fun of, and I think that helps. It's just that familiarity. And also, there's just so many jokes. Like you watch these movies, it's just like joke after joke after joke. Like they really don't let up. Yeah. Piggybacking uh, on that answer. I mean, it's just a familiarity. You know, you can just run with the theme of every movie that you incorporate into it. I mean, we'll we'll dove into the scary movie, not another team movie, but it's just, you know, they can do some outlandish things and get away with it, especially since it was a couple of decades ago. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's just the creative freedom. Yeah, you're not really tied to having the greatest plot ever. It allows you the freedom to poke fun at literally every aspect of whatever type of movie or genre you're breaking down. Do either of you have an all-time favorite parody movie? I don't want to be biased. <laughs> you know, oh, maybe one of the ones that we're going to talk about. My favorite of all time has to be Airplane. I think the first time I saw that just kind of like opened me up to like a new kind of comedy. I was like, oh my goodness, like the puns and the dry humor and it just doesn't stop. To this day, it's still every time I watch it, it gets a laugh. My favorite would have to be a movie you introduced me to, Alex, and that is Wet Hot American Summer. I remember hanging out in the dorm room and you asked me if I'd ever seen it. I had not. And you were like, we are watching it. Threw it on and just laughed until we couldn't breathe. It's timeless. And the cast is like just insane how good that cast is of that movie before like any of them were big. It really is. Well, let's talk about this week's movies. All right, not another teen movie. Quick summary. So this movie is really, you take She's All That, that movie has a baby with American Pie, Varsity Blues is the doctor, and Can't Hardly Wait is the nurse. Mix them all together, add in some recreational drugs, and you get <laughs> this movie. This movie was released December 14th, 2001, directed by Joel Gallen. This movie had a budget of $15 million. Box office brought in $66.5 million has a Rotten Tomato score of 31% and a Google audience score of 67%. All right, Rob, let's hear about Scary Movie. So the summary of Scary Movie, if you've ever seen Scream or any horror slasher movie, it's that, but also not that at all because it's completely, insanely, utterly ridiculous in every aspect. Released on July 7th, 2000, this is a Waynes Brothers movie. I am actually a big fan of the Waynes Brothers. I really like White Chicks. That one always got me. Directed by Keenan Ivory Waynes, who was the creator of In Living Color. Written by Sean and Marlon Waynes, Buddy Johnson, and Phil Bowman. 
interesting thing about the writing of this movie. So this is a Dimension Films movie, and it was originally titled Last Summer I Screamed Because Halloween Fell on Friday the 13th. Miramax had a script going simultaneously titled Scream If You Know What I Did Last Halloween, and Jason Friedberg and Aaron Seltzer wrote that. So the Writers Guild of America came to the decision that since they were both so similar, everybody should be credited for this movie, even though Friedberg and Seltzer didn't work on the script at all. Marlon Wayans has said the real writers of the film never even looked at Seltzer and Friedberg's script after Keenan Ivory Waynes looked at it and told them it contained nothing worth keeping. Despite this, Seltzer and Friedberg's later movies were all marketed with the phrase from two of the six writers of Scary Movie. <laughs> another interesting thing about the writers from Not Another Teen Movie and Scary Movie is that they've all basically only written for these parody movies. It's like you find a niche writing for parody movies and that's just what you do. The budget for Scary Movie was $19 million, and it had a box office of $278 million, which is insane. That is an eye-opening number. It is no surprise that there have been four sequels. Once a studio sees that kind of return on their investment, they're like just going to milk it for all it's worth. A Rotten Tomato score of 51%, which honestly is much higher than I thought it would have been. Mm-hmm and a Google audience score of 83%. When I was watching this, the first thing that came to my mind was there are only things in this movie that the Waynes brothers could get away with doing. And I think that really added to some of the hilarity from the movie, but it also makes you wonder looking back, if you don't understand who the Waynes brothers are and kind of what their brand of humor is, you know, if a 15 year old kid is watching this movie today, do they get it or do they just think it's extremely offensive? Yeah, they built up their brand like you knew who they were. So when you see that this is their project, you know, you're going into it already knowing, you know, like what to expect out of them. But yeah, if you're a 15 year old now who has probably no knowledge of <laughs> what to expect, you're probably pretty offended. What do you think, Johnny? It's not politically correct by today's standards. But, you know, us being older, we were kind of primed. You know, watching the Wayans Bros TV show, which was pretty outlandish in its own right. Parody movies from the 80s, like you guys were mentioning earlier, those kind of primed us as well. Nowadays, every little thing could somehow insult somebody. So, I mean, these these live on like, you know, big streaming apps. So I see them getting a lot of play, but definitely not the same as it was back when these these movies first came out and we enjoyed them. Scary Movie always spoke to me. I always liked it because, like I said earlier, I wasn't a huge fan of horror movies growing up. So this was a way for me to get into the horror genre within a setting that I felt comfortable with. Where do you guys see the line for parody movies and how come they are able to go so far beyond what is rationally acceptable? Hmm, that's a good question. You definitely have to be able to establish what you're spoofing. If you don't hit right away, the whole scene or whatever you're spoofing is just going to miss. So you have to at least, you know, it's either it's the same quote or the exact same setup. Like I'm thinking of a scene in not another team movie. There's a lot of varsity blues references and they set it up the same way as that movie, but then they just go way over the top. So I think in order for it to work, you have to have that set up. Otherwise it's just, no one's going to understand. Like, what are you trying to do? I totally agree. Um, you have to set that baseline. You got to be, be able to identify exactly what the scene is and then you just run with it. There's tons of scenes I can think of right now, but I'm pretty sure we're going to cover them all. So <laughs> I'm just going to bite my tongue right now. <laughs> nice, I just nice. watched Scary Movie right before this, so Perfect. it's fresh. <laughs> 
All right, Johnny, Alex and I like to do these quick drafts. So really fast, we each pick a movie, give like a four or five word summary as to why we took that movie. This week, we thought it would be fitting to do 90s movies parodied in either scary movie or not another teen movie. Five picks each, four word summary, and we're going as fast as we can. We'll rock, paper, scissor to see who goes first. And um, it doesn't really work with three people, but we're going to figure it out. We'll figure it out. Rock, paper, scissor, shoot. Do we all do? We all did. We all picked rock. <laughs> all right, great. Do we need a better. <laughs> we we definitely need a better method than this. We'll think of it all. Odds and evens. Right. Ready? Rock, paper, scissor, shoot. I went paper. How does this work? <laughs> because Rob, you're number one. I'm second, and then perfect. Rock is third. Let's do it. I like that. All right, that sounds good. Snake draft. Snake draft. Okay. My first pick, Rudy. Why I like Notre Dame. I knew it. I knew you were going to pick that. Uh, I'm going to have to go with American Pie, the pie scene. <laughs> <laughs> yep that's all yep. you need to know all right i'm going uh with my first of the two picks i'm going the matrix mind melting special effects this movie changed my life when i first saw it and then i'm gonna go the usual suspects an iconic twist ending i knew you were gonna go that direction oh, love that movie love both of those movies all right back to you johnny i'm gonna have to go with i know what you did last summer jennifer love hewitt yelling <laughs> nice I am going 10 Things I Hate About You, best teen movie. And then Varsity Blues, I Don't Want Your Life. Also, it won our Glory Lasts Forever episode. I think I'm going to go with Can't Hardly Wait, Seth Green, his outfit. Man, you really do like Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I really like that movie, too. It's just I, There's something about her. I get it. <laughs> I had written down, if I did take that movie, I just wrote down, Amanda Beckett. Wow. Right. <laughs> All right, Alex, give me your two. All right, I'll go, uh, let's go Titanic. It's a classic. I'm king of the world. And then we're going to go back to back. The Fugitive. Going to need a hard target search. <laughs> Love that monologue. All right. I think I'm going to go with Kazam. I mean, <laughs> nice. You know, Shaq rapping, period. There you go. Can you get any more 90s yeah. than that, right? He's like the best rapper ever from the NBA. Like the Nobody comes close. Not even Dame Lillard. Nobody. Kobe? No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I did not think Kazam was going to get taken. And I'm so <laughs> unbelievably happy that happy it did. I'm so happy. Okay. I get uh, my last two picks here. Dazed and Confused. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> nice. And last pick. She's all that. We are definitely going to cover that movie on this pod. Yes. I think I'm going to have to go with the Blair Witch Project. You know, the boogers dripping out of the nose. <laughs> yeah. It's just iconic. Yeah. I still remember seeing the trailer for that and just being like, what is this? Like, this is uh, incredible. Right? You Never, thought it yeah. was going to be amazing and then yeah. it just was not. <laughs> and then it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I remember buying the VHS at a, at a garage sale and I'm just like, this movie sucks. I was so disappointed. <laughs> that was also during the time where, like, I feel like for a hot second, people debated if it was real or not. Mm -hmm. I do remember that. Yep. Like, people were like, no, it's real. Yep. The internet wasn't as big. Like, you couldn't just Google. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Last pick, Alex. Do I have one more pick? All right. I'm going to go with American Beauty. I always feel weird about taking Kevin Spacey movies, but you know, I took two. So that's why I took it. Two Spacey movies. Wow. I am really surprised that Scream didn't get taken. And, uh, Six cents. That was pretty high on my list. Yeah, that was high on my list too. And then uh Johnny, you left cruel intentions on the board. I wanted to hit some movies that weren't really touched on. I gotcha. So I, I purposely I didn't choose it. Scream or Cruel Intentions. Because the cruel intentions, I'll just be like shower scene. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Come on. Every pick you have, I'm just gonna take cruel intentions. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you say? Ready to get into this? Let's do it. So, Johnny, we'll each present our side for each round, and then you get to be judge, jury, and executioner. Sounds good. So, round one, best cast or performance? Alex, start us off. So, Not Another Teen Movie stars Chris Evans, who plays Jake. This is actually his feature film debut. Um, you kind of knew that he was going to be a star uh, after this one. He was really funny, real dry sense of humor. Uh, you can kind of see that in some of his other films, too. Interesting, another future Avenger, Mark Ruffalo, turned down the role for Jake Weiler. Ruffalo had a run as that 90s guy. Mm-hmm. Jake, I mean, he has some hilarious lines, but I think one of my favorite is when she paints that picture and she's like, it's my mother. And he says, you have her eyes. And it's like a stick figure. I laugh. I love that part. <laughs> it's so funny because he's so serious and she is too. I don't know how many takes, you know, when you see some of these scenes, you're like, how many takes did, it, did they have to record to get that yeah. scene without someone like breaking or whatever? All right, then you have Kyler Lee. She plays Janie. She actually admitted to being under the influence of cocaine throughout the majority of this movie. It's a weird flex, but okay. She's uh, in Grey's Anatomy. She's like Dr. Uh, Lexi Gray, I believe. Not that I've ever seen the show. I don't know how I knew that. Yeah, yeah. You also have Jamie Presley. She plays Priscilla. And Allmark Christmas favorite, Lacey Chabert, plays Amanda. Also the new star of the Walmart Mean Girls ad. That's right. It's so funny to look at her career sometimes because she was definitely like this character in so many movies. And yeah. then now she's in like every single Hallmark Christmas movie. Yeah. All right. So speaking of actors, one of the things that I appreciate about some of these spoof movies is the character names. So they'll, they'll pull names that are related to either another movie or just are just over the top ridiculous. So I'll just list off some of the names of the characters from not another team movie and just kind of like where they reference it from. So Janie Briggs. That is Lainey Boggs from She's All That. You have Jake Weiler. Also from She's All That is Zach Seiler. Or Jake Ryan from 16 Candles. Priscilla. Jamie Presley is often confused with Priscilla Presley. So I think that's where that came into play. Catherine Weiler. This could be taken Catherine from Cruel Intentions. Reggie Ray. Obviously know him as Billy Bob from Varsity Blues. So Ron Lester, same actor, plays plays this role. And it's great because he has a pet pig in the movie. So in Varsity Blues, it's bacon. In this movie, it's sausage. I just love that he's the same. He's the same exact character. I think that's the best thing about this entire movie. Yeah, it's great. Uh, you also have Ox. This could be a reference of Oz from American Pie. You have Amanda Beck which is tied to Amanda Beckett from Can't Hardly Wait. Johnny's favorite. You have Ariola. This is a take on Nadia from American Pie. And I think the name is pretty obvious as to why <laughs> she is named that. It's just, it's so ridiculous. I read an interview with her. First off, she used to be a Power Ranger, which I thought was interesting. Oh, I didn't know that. And second, she was talking about how she thought this movie was going to catapult her career. And... <laughs> She was like speaking about it like it was such a serious role. And it's like, girl, you walk around with your boobs out the entire movie. I don't think you're getting cast in the next yeah. the next Scorsese film. Yeah, I think it's being launched in a different direction. Probably was not on that Power Rangers reunion. You should probably no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, and last but not least, we have Eric Christian Olsen's character, Austin. Uh, he is totally Lance Harbour from Varsity Blues, uh, mixed with Dean Sampson and She's All That. Both of those characters were played by Paul Walker, Walker, Texas Ranger, Austin, Texas. All sorts of connections here. It's a stretch, but I like it. I'll give you credit for that. You could tell, though, that a lot of these are very intentional as to who their counterpart is in, 
in other oh, films. Yeah. This movie also has a ton of cameos. You have Lyman Ward, who plays Ferris Bueller's dad. That's Jake Weiler's dad in the film. Sean Patrick Thomas from Can't Hardly Wait, Cruel Intentions, Save the Last Dance. Josh Radner, as everyone knows, Ted Mosby from How I Met Your Mother, a Robin Rock classic television show that we used to binge watch back in the day. You have Kyle Cease. He's the slow clap guy. He also starred as Bogey Lowenstein, whose house was used for the party and 10 Things I Hate About You. Melissa Joan Hart makes a cameo. H. John Benjamin makes a cameo. Nick Bakai. You may know him as Salem the Cat. <laughs> he is like on my top five all-time voices. That guy's great. He was the voice of one of the uh, beavers from Angry Beavers. If we're going to talk about 90s nostalgia, classic show. That's an underrated Nicktoon, honestly. I love that. It's an underrated Nicktoon. You also have Molly Ringwald. She appears at the end, which great scene when she's introduced. Um, and then for me, I think the best one is Paul Gleason. He's a teacher that comes in during the breakfast club scene that they're period, perioding, perioding, <laughs> spoofing. <laughs> He is obviously the principal from The Breakfast Club. So just kind of reprised his role in that one. All right. Scary movie. I love how they have a literal line in the movie in which they say, if this was a movie, they would cast late 20s, early 30s actors to play us because that is exactly what they did. We have Anna Ferris, who when she landed her part in this film, she was actually working at an ad agency and was one week away from moving to her company's London office. Then she got this job and rest is history. Regina Hall, Sherry O'Terry from SNL. I don't know if you know her from the cheerleader sketch with Will mm -hmm. Ferrell. She plays the reporter. Carmen Electra, who plays Drew in this. She must have a good sense of humor because they made a lot of jokes at her expense to her face. And then obviously we've got the Waynes brothers. Names are a big thing in this one too. So I'm just going to run through this real quick. We've got Cindy Campbell. That's a playoff. Cindy from the Scream movies, who is played by Nev Campbell. Bobby Prince, that's obviously a nod to Freddie Prince Jr. Buffy Gilmore, the character is a spoof of Helen Shivers from I Know What You Did Last Summer, played by Sarah Michelle Gellar, who famously played Buffy Summers in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Shorty Meeks, that is a nod to Randy Meeks from Scream. Gail Hailstorm is a nod to Gail Weathers from Scream. Drew Decker, reference to Drew Barrymore, who played Casey Decker in the opening of Scream. And I also thought the alliteration of Double D was fitting for Carmen Electra. Greg Felipe is based off the Ryan Felipe character. Kenny the cameraman, the cameraman in Scream, was named Kenny as well. And also the cinematographer of Scary Movie, his last name is Kenny. So I think that was a fun little nod to him too. And also three of the Brady Bunch kids' first names appear in the movie. Greg, Bobby, and Cindy. I could just see the Waynes brothers sitting around the table trying to think of names for their characters and just going like, why don't we choose Brady Bunch characters? <laughs> We're going to take like the most classic, wholesome American TV show and throw it into what we are putting out right here. Maybe it's their favorite show. It's true. Definitely could have been. Some casting notes. The role of Brenda was originally offered to Aaliyah, but she turned it down. Little Kim was also considered. Alicia Silverstone was offered the lead role of Cindy Campbell, but turned it down. That would have been interesting. Hmm. Jenny McCarthy and Britney Spears were offered the role of Drew Decker. Uh, McCarthy turned down the role in order to appear in Scream 3, but then she ended up coming back in Scary Movie 3. And Jennifer Coolidge was offered the role of Miss Man, but she turned it down. Honestly, probably a good decision by her. Probably. I love Jennifer Coolidge, though. She's great. It I don't think she needed a scene where... No. That, <laughs> where where so she uncrosses her legs and something flops so out. Disturbing. 
Oh, man. <laughs> we like to do any connections to Seinfeld or Friends. So, Alex, were there any in these movies? Paul Gleason and Jeanette Miller appeared in both Seinfeld and Friends. Jeanette Miller, she's older. So in Seinfeld, she's credited in an episode as old woman. And in Friends, she's credited as elderly woman. So <laughs> she's definitely typecast. We also have from Scary Movie, Kelly Cofield Park. She was the teacher. She appeared in a couple episodes of Seinfeld and also Bruce Mahler. He was credited as homie number two. <laughs> Played Rabbi Glickman in Seinfeld for a couple episodes. And then from Friends, you have Anna Ferris. Oh, yeah. She had a huge role in Friends. Yeah, Erica from Friends. Yeah, that's good. All right, Johnny, who's winning round one? You know, I think we've got a pretty clear winner here. I'm going to have to go with not another team movie. I mean, you've got America's ass, Chris Evans, Captain America. <laughs> you know, you've got plenty of other people. Yeah, the cameos. All right. Not another teen movie takes round one. That takes us to round two. Best lines. Alex, give us your favorite lines from not another teen movie. There's definitely a combination of laugh out loud lines, but also there's so many lines. I feel like you would take a couple of rewatches to kind of catch all like some of the background chatter. You know, yeah. like someone will just like make a comment, which I mean, I thought that there were some of those that were just completely hilarious. I thought you were about to say there's definitely some laugh out loud lines, but there's also some real heart in this movie. And there's I was right. I was there's about heart. to just boot you <laughs> from the screen here. Yeah, podcast folded. Yeah. So definitely we talked about Reggie Ray, some of his lines. I love the bit that they have, especially with the scoreboard, the number of concussions he has left. I thought <laughs> yep. that was great. And then he's got that line that's coming from Varsity Blues. Coach said it's all right to bleed from the ears. I gotta go back out on the field. <laughs> that's the best line. I mean, you do think about how ridiculous that was in Varsity Blues. And then like when they make fun of it, you're just like, oh, yeah, that's I think that's what makes it so funny. Keeping with the football references, even the play by play guy, they do the quick montage. And then he's like, that was the fastest first half of football I've ever seen. After like 30 seconds, that was good. That was a good one. When Marty, he catches it and then gets sliced in half. And in the background, you hear people, nice hands, Marty, or walk it off, Marty. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> the dude's in two pieces. It's so good. Or even uh, when that kid's going to have a party, his parents are like, remember, no parties and then they're like okay coming through and like his parents move out of the way <laughs> yeah we definitely talked about the oh who's that who's that it's my mother you have her eyes i think for me that's like the best line a couple more that i really enjoyed after they do the prom song at the very end josh radner says you'd never suspect everyone here is a professional dancer thought that was a great nod at like all those ridiculous movies where people are dancing and singing and yeah obviously it never happens in real life and then did love the part it was the bring it on spoof when they're talking about this isn't a cheerocracy i'm the cheer tater i make the cheer decisions i deal with the cheer <laughs> acquaintances it was just ridiculous it kind of reminded me too of pitch perfect when they do all the aka stuff you know like is that something yeah, that they yeah. took and like kind of like ran with I mean, there's so many lines, but I think those are the ones that really stick out for me. Do you guys have any more? The one I really like is when those like nerdy guys or whatever are walking through the hallway and they're like, how will we ever lose our virginity by graduation? And then over the loudspeaker, you just hear sex club after school. <laughs> yeah, that's so And then uh, I don't know why, but this got me when they're trying to figure out what girl Chris Evans character is going to try to turn into prom queen. And they point out the albino girl who's playing the guitar. <laughs> and she's just like, I have no pigments. Any girl with a guitar is hot. I need sunscreen. Any girl with a guitar <laughs> yes. is hot. 
the other one I really, really like is when Chris Evans and the main girl are talking and she says, we haven't spoken in four years. And he says, actually, more like six. That time when we were in line at that theater, I was actually saying, hey, to the person behind you. <laughs> I love her reaction, too. She's like, oh, yeah, OK. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got any Johnny that you like? I mean, it'd, ha- it'd have to be the painting scene, you know, it's like you've got her eyes and then it just like pans out and it shows the stick figure. Yeah. You just can't beat that. It's just like so simple, but it's so funny. The driest humor is just like yeah. my favorite. Exactly. That's why that line gets me. You just don't expect it. All right. Scary movie. I like when Shorty says, it's like I've seen all this before. Someone responds, they had a killer at your old high school, Shorty. And he says, no, it was in this movie Scream. Same dialogue and everything. This is ill. <laughs> <laughs> I love how they're making fun of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They break the fourth wall a lot with that kind of stuff, which is, yeah. cr- you know, it works so well in these kind of movies. This isn't really a quote, but I like when Ghostface is hiding behind the curtains and the Sydney character can't find him. And I point that out because whenever I play hide and seek with my kids, if I hide behind the curtains, they never can find me. <laughs> they made it seem like it was a terrible hiding spot, but it's actually a really yeah, good hiding spot. I think, I think you're right. I think you learned how to make it work from this movie. <laughs> yeah, that's like turn your feet instead of letting them stick out. <laughs> yep. Actually, that's probably true because I am always cognizant of where my feet are. And so it probably is because of this movie. I don't know if you remember too. He's like his little tee hee hee when he's laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's oh. like, this is like, no, Mr. Killer, I don't know where you are. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so good. I like when the friend group is talking about the night that they hit the guy with the car. Right now, we make a pact. We take this to our grave. Agreed? Say it, Cindy. We take this to our grave. Say it. Wow. And we never. Mention this again. Mention what? The guy we just killed. Well, you just mentioned it, Greg. Starting now! Yeah. And she's like, well, you just mentioned it, Greg. (laughs) So juvenile, but hilarious. There's a lot of those that are just so good. Those were my top ones. Alex, do you have any for scary movie that I didn't mention? A couple of Ray ones. He's talking to Brenda and he's like, oh, I like to get in your pants. And she's like, really? It's like, yeah, what size are those? <laughs> oh my gosh. Because, you know, just like all the all the innuendos from him referencing, like, you know, what's his orientation and all that. I know it's over the top, but just some of those scenes were really funny. I felt like there was one too many of those, but a few of them hit the nail on the head. When they're in the car, yeah. they put on the song, It's Rain and Men. Yeah. And it, yeah. like, there was a few that were really good. And then there were some where it was like, okay, we get it. Yeah, his delivery on some of those were good. Like, when Cindy was like, if you see Bobby, will you tell him I love him? He's like, okay, if I see Bobby, I'll tell him I love him. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, just the way he says it, <laughs> yeah. just so deadpan. Just, he had some good ones, yeah. It was good. John, you got any to add? Yeah, I think uh, you left out a pretty big one, the, the was up. Yeah, you know what? But there's a reason. There's a reason I left it out. I'll talk, uh, okay. talk about it later. But uh, but you're right. That is iconic. That's like every 90s, early 2000s kid. That phrase was said all the time. I was almost going to open up this episode by saying, because <laughs> if you do that, someone is going to respond with the was that, you know, right? like, yeah, it always <laughs> works. Put a pin in that. That's coming back. There's uh, one other one. I mean, I, I love Ray. Ray is my favorite part of Scary Movie 1 and 2. So they're getting rid of the body. And, you know, one of the guys is like, I'll grab his other arm. I'll grab his ass. Yeah. It's just just such a subtle thing to say. You're just like, what? what?" (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's good. All right, Johnny. 
who's winning round two? I'm going to have to go with Scary Movie. It just got me to laugh a lot more. You know, the, the, the painting scene is amazing, but Scary Movie just takes the cake. Ray alone just has so many lines that just made me die of laughter. So Scary Movie. Sounds good to me. Okay, we've got a 1-1 one, one tie heading into round three. Better title or soundtrack? So actually, the original title for Not Another Teen Movie was just going to be Teen Movie. That was ditched because it got more and more unteen. And then it was changed to Not a Teen Movie. And then it was changed to Not Another Teen Movie because of all the parodies of the teen movies that they incorporated into it. And then actually abroad, you got some funny titles. Uh, In Spain and Greece, it was released under the title This Is Not Another Dumb American Movie. (laughs) And in Russia, it's called Not A Children's Movie. Classic. (laughs) That is wild. I think it speaks a lot about Russia. Yeah, I'm surprised Russia just wasn't called like movie. Yeah, yeah. This is pretty typical Russian movie. Not another dumb American movie. (laughs) Yeah, right? Yeah. Which, (laughs) that's what's so great about it. I never knew this. This, I love this fact, honestly. And then getting into some music, the soundtrack on this movie is pretty good. Actually, the the house band at the prom is the actual band Good Charlotte, which is pretty cool. Then you have Janie's Got a Gun by Aerosmith, which great scene when just sing a song with with her name in it. (laughs) So good. It's so inappropriate, but it's so so inappropriate, but so funny. And then the song Prom Tonight, the cast actually sings that one. You know, there's no backup voices, additional voices, whatever. All sorts of other songs. You have Can't Fight This Feeling by Ario Speedwagon, Kiss Me by Sixpence None the Richer. So yeah, all sorts of stuff. You get like the classic like teen movie, slow songs, and then some of the more pump up songs. You missed the best song in the movie. Tell me the best song. When uh, Jake is talking with the wise janitor played by Mr. T. And they play the A-Team theme in the background. And Mr. T famously played B.A. Baracus from the A-Team. The main thing, you got to go out there, believe in the ball, and throw yourself. You can do it. That was good in-movie humor right there. That was good. I mean, I could go on about Scary Movie. I'm going to keep this real simple. I got two facts I'm going to say, and I think it's going to win me this round. Wow. I love the confidence. I love this. First thing about the title, the title Scary Movie was actually the working title of Scream before they changed it to Scream. And then this movie just said, well, screw it. We're going to call it Scary Movie then. And out of all of the music, we've got our 90s guy on the show. How can we not elevate to victory the movie that plays one of the greatest 90s TV theme songs ever? And that is... I don't want to wait from Dawson's Creek when James <laughs> Vanderbeek accidentally pops in the window and says, <laughs> Wrong set. That was a laugh out loud moment for me. <laughs> we love James Vanderbeek on the pod, so we do. I forgot he was in it. When I saw mm-hmm. it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So, yeah, there's other music and stuff too. I don't know. You can Google it. Who cares? That's the important one. <laughs> so, all right, Johnny, give us your verdict. This is a tough one. You know, that Dawson's Creek theme song is just great, but I think I'm going to have to go with not another team movie. <sighs> all right. All right. <laughs> I mean, good Charlotte. Come on. Yeah, I know. Right. That was actually just a really good joke too, because in all those teen movies, they have like these amazing bands that are playing at their yeah. proms. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about you guys. Like we had a DJ. Yeah, we had a DJ. Same. I'm sure it was the same playlist too that we all had. Right. Yeah. Okay. Teen movie takes a two to one lead going into round four. Bigger plot holes, more cringiness, and random questions. 
Before we get into this, these are parody movies. There's going to be a ton of plot holes. We're not really going to dwell on the craziness of the plot holes here. There might be a few things we point out, but for the most part, nobody's watching these movies for an elegant, yeah, well-written plot. We're here to laugh. So we're kind of going to just like skip over some obvious plot holes. So I will start with some cringiness that I found from Not Another Teen Movie. The drunk driving from the dad quote, didn't find it overly funny kind of stood out to me. We've got the kid who's pretending to be Asian, which kind of came off poorly, although they did seem like they were in on the joke. Like, I think that was the whole point was that this had happened in movies before where a white guy would play somebody that wasn't white. So I couldn't tell if that's what they were trying to do or not. What do you guys think? I guess I would interpret it as that. He does get beat up by the real Asian people. Yeah. I feel like they were saying this is bad. Like, we know this is bad, and that's why it's in here. I will say, to play the other side of it, he was, like, obsessed with the culture, but not in a bad way. Yeah. Like, he was definitely interested in it, but just, like, the accent and stuff. I was like, "Eh, all right. Yeah. All right. Doing this kind of stuff is so hard for parody movies because I just don't know where the line is. <laughs> Where's you know, the line? Yeah. Like we're yep. like the cheerleading routine. If it's in any other movie, it's like the worst thing that was ever put on film. But they were commenting on how poor it was. So, I, I mean, it was cringy, but it was also hilarious. Well, think about the, the cheerleading routine from The Replacements. All right. Yeah. I think that was cringy in this. Yeah, this was just a spoof. It was like way over the top than it normally would have been. One of the grossest things in the movie is when Jake's dad offers the mom as a rebound. I just, I mean, we're laughing about it here because of how absurd it is. So maybe it did its job, but wow, that was disgusting. Just the line though. when he's like, hey, I got, a, I got a girl for you to meet. And he's like, dad, that's mom. Like that, that was, that was really funny. <laughs> this is also another funny line, but also really gross. When Jake says to Catherine, you're my sister. And she says only by blood. <laughs> like it's oh man i don't know man but we're sitting here laughing at it so i like it's cringy but it's funny i don't know yeah it's that line it's very blurred that's what a parody movie is it's like leslie nielsen used to say things like that all the time and it's just like it's only funny if you like like that type of humor and if you're actually paying attention yeah sometimes the humor just like you know goes right over your head Mm -hmm. but if you're into that type of humor like nowadays like will ferrell and like these other guys like if you're into that humor that's the best to me you have to understand the reference or like know what they're talking about to find it funny you have to pay attention yeah leslie nielsen is king king of that kind of stuff absolutely i think the grossest part of the movie though is when the guys fall through the tile into the bathroom and then down into the classroom and the poop and everything is just shooting everywhere that's just cringy out of grossness on my end that was pretty nasty i mean that scene is hilarious when they're watching her and then she's like Ooh, you know like yeah it's it's funny it's really funny then it's like and then quickly it goes, disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, it really snowballs into a disgusting thing. A couple random questions for you. So Jake is the only guy on the bench for the football scenes. Mm, I didn't even notice that. It's funny, <laughs> but he's the only guy. They didn't call a play in the Marty scene. They just went in the huddle and he said, we're giving the ball to Marty. And That's it was right. like, they didn't actually call a play. <laughs> right. So Austin claims that he threw 176 touchdown passes as a freshman. You play about 10 games of freshman football. That comes out to 17.6 touchdowns a game. Uh, He'd be in the NFL like immediately. (laughs) He would skip college. This is outlandish. 
what do you got for scary movie, Alex? Obviously, besides some plot holes, a lot of fart jokes, which I mean, I still find funny, but <laughs> so you're the audience. OK, I'm the audience for a lot of these. We did talk about some of the closeted jokes. Like, were there one too many? Like, I don't know. Like, the character Ray is just, he's so funny. So that's why I, I kind of overlooked some of those. But I could see how some people might not. I think probably the biggest thing is Miss Man, the gym teacher. That whole yeah. scene is just <laughs> shocking. Is the word I would use. <laughs> I don't know how that plays in 2023 anymore. No. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they mentioned Pamela Anderson as Pamela Lee, which was... Not so much cringy, but just kind of like, huh? Yeah. I remember when she was family. It's like the two-year time frame where that actually yeah, worked. Yeah, yeah. Random. Then some questions. You got Sean has a lineman mask in his room, but he was a quarterback. So Rob and I will always pick out the sports stuff, the sports inaccuracies. Alex, I will say that the two seconds of football action they showed was arguably the worst two uh, seconds yeah. of football action in any movie ever. It was pretty bad. I'm trying to remember what even happened in the football scene. I think he just like called a snap, made a throw. And yeah. He was yeah. just like, all right, let's go shower. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, that shower scene after. Hey, everybody get in the shower. Uncle Ray's coming. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Another question. Why is uh, Cindy's dad a drug dealer? I mean, it was hilarious, but it was just so random. Yeah. Why did Buffy all of a sudden stop believing her? Uh, she saw saw him kill Greg by that point. And then I think just the doofy character in itself. I think you can yeah, you could probably put this in under the cringy, but just like what's the whole deal with, with him? Like, spoiler, but at the end, you know, you can see that he's faking his condition. Then was he always faking? Or like what what's the deal with like what I have a lot of questions about that. Again, parody spoof movie, so like who cares? But it's interesting because before you realize that he is not actually, you know, a mentally challenged person, you're like, oh, why is this actor playing a mentally challenged person like this like that seems a little extreme even for this type of movie but then you find out oh it's somebody pretending to be mentally challenged for whatever purpose of the movie and then you're like wait but the guy's mom thought he was mentally just like was he playing the long game from birth like what was happening here yeah that's one of those things where you don't want to think too hard about it actually alex interesting fact in an early version of the script it was revealed that the killer was going to be damon waynes for his brothers holding out on him in the movie but due to scheduling conflicts it was rewritten to be the way that it was i actually think that would have been pretty funny if damon waynes showed up as the killer being like how'd you guys keep me out of this movie yeah totally it works on the fly if they had to like rewrite this on the fly and it did lead to some really funny parts with the doofy stuff but it was yeah well you don't want to think too hard about it your head will explode no and i know the whole his whole character and his ending is the usual suspects like the guy that you don't think is the person that's kind of like running the show and then like the transition of like the way he's walking and then like sheds his clothes and you know it's like exactly the same so i get that kind of thing but yeah so johnny how this round works is you don't really want to win this round you just don't want to lose it so the movie that gets the point would be the movie that has either the least cringy moments or the least random questions or plot holes or things like that so who you going with here I think I'm going to have to go with not another team movie. All right. All right. Couldn't overcome some of those, <laughs> some of those cringiness and, and random questions for scary movie. I get it. All right. That takes us into round five, our miscellaneous question of the week for this week. We wanted to go with the top three parodied moments or scenes from each movie. So Alex, what are your top three moments? 
it's so hard to pick three because the whole movie is just like one after another. But I get two varsity blue scenes for you and then a classic makeover movie trope. So I'm going to go with the whipped cream bikini scene, which is <laughs> so good. The whole like banana split thing is just hilarious. That scene is just perfect. It's Once so again, funny. Chris Evans showing off America's ass. He just right. And then and then you got also in that scene, which is a great little bit. The trophy case. It's called Dad's Wall of Jake's Accomplishments. Like, parts is, <laughs> yeah, it's just so good. Then you have the makeover scene. She's got the glasses, the ponytail and paint all over her overalls. So when she comes down the stairs and she doesn't have any of that thing, it's like, oh, my goodness, like she's actually really attractive. I love how they have to mention that so many times. Oh, she's got a ponytail. I like how <laughs> when they're doing the makeover, the only thing they do is just pull off the glasses. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah that seems it's so like, wow. <laughs> and then you got the uh, the football throwing scene, which from Varsity Blues, when the, the dads put the kids, the quarterbacks against each other. <laughs> and they got Jake throwing the football. And then, you know, at first it's the beer can and then it's the case of beer. Then it's the keg. And then by the end of it, everyone's been hit and they're all laying over. <laughs> And he's like, oh, you kept it in the yard that time. <laughs> like, just so over the top. And that's what we talk about with these parodies. It's like you start kind of like line by line, but then you just take it to a place that's like so absurd. Yeah. All right. My scenes for scary movie. I think the opening scene is so good. I think it's such a perfect execution of a parodied scene. It sets the tone for the movie. It shows that people in horror movies are dumb. She has the one part where she thinks the killer's at the front door. She grabs the bat, starts beating them, and ends up being trick-or-treaters. She's doing the Ty Cobb grip on the bat again, which, like, watch a baseball game, please. Just hold the bat a normal way. Maybe she saw (laughs) Hocus Pocus and took it from Max. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But that scene is so good. The phone call. I'd say the majority of the people watching that movie go into it knowing about the opening from Scream. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, yeah, they're parodying this. Okay, the popcorn, be... yeah. But then it just, the popcorn's getting bigger and bigger and mm-hmm. bigger, filling up mm-hmm. the room. <laughs> He's like, it's another fart joke, but the killer's like, what was that noise? And she was like, oh, I just farted. I didn't think you'd hear. <laughs> yeah, that that <laughs> so, was a, yeah, that made me laugh. <laughs> like, no, no, the popping sound. <laughs> <laughs> He's like correcting her. Um, you have the, what's your favorite scary movie? Kazam. That's not a scary movie. Well, you've clearly never seen Shaq act. <laughs> And then just uh, she's running away from the killer, looks at the table with all the weapons on it. And she takes <laughs> the banana. She took the, the banana. banana. She takes the banana. There's like guns, knives, everything. She takes the banana and then she gets stabbed in her implant and he pulls yeah. out and the implants there. And the, it was just such a well done, yeah. funny opening to that. The sprinklers come on. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> and then it's the, the slow-mo scene. The yeah. slow-mo, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they're consistent because, you know, he pulls out the implant and then now she's got one flat boob. It's true. Yeah, it was good movie making. My second scene, Johnny, this is where I told you to put a pin in it. It's that what's up scene. It is so good. Killer calls Shorty. Shorty's high. Hello, Shorty. Are you all alone? What's up? What's up? (laughs) Who's that? Yo, pick up the phone. What's up? What's up? So in 1999, Budweiser had the What's Up TV commercial, and that became like huge. But then this movie making fun of it, I think, is really what just sent that into our culture. To this day, if you say What's Up to somebody, they're going to know it from Scary Movie making fun of the Budweiser commercial. Even The Office has a a scene with that. 
Yeah. Like Golden oh, yeah. Dwight and Jim are all doing it. Yeah. And then my last scene is the killer confession scene in the kitchen, parodying the scream confession scene. I just think Ray's impression of Matthew Lillard is like actually really good. It's funny, but it's good. I think Scary Movie just had really well crafted parodied scenes. So, Johnny, did we miss any that you think we should have talked about? I think the one scene that I really like too is they're parodying the Scream movie when uh, he hops into his window and he's like, oh, the exorcist was on. I was thinking of you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then Cindy is in, in scary movies like, oh, you mean when I puked all over the place? <laughs> and I'm just like that. It was just like so subtle. And if you didn't pay attention, you wouldn't get it. But that entire scene there. And then when um, that dude from Since Creek pops up and the song starts playing and then just like the, the chastity belt. Oh, that, yes. You yes. Know, <laughs> you know, shocks him. And I'm just like, I love that scene so much. That's good. Those are good. There's just so many scenes to talk about, like the freestyle rapping scene. It's, there's oh, just so yeah. many. We, we could go on and on all night. All right. Who gets the point? It's pretty clear here. It's a scary movie. It's like an endless list of greatly parodied scenes. Yeah, Rob, I think it's something you said. It's like they really took their time with a lot of these scenes, whereas not another team movie is just like joke, 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 joke. Or this is like maybe less, but like, you know, a little more built out. Okay. Three to two, not another teen movie is leading. Scary movie on a comeback, though. Heading into round six, better trivia. So how this works, Alex will give one, I will give one. We'll go until we don't have any more, and then you can decide which movie had better trivia. So Alex, start us off. So the filmmakers could not get the rights to use footage from She's All That, so they shot the scene with two different people, and then they made the TV blurry so you couldn't tell. Oh, okay. The high school in Scary Movie was called B.A. Corpse High School, and you can also see a parking spot for the coroner. Love that. In Not Another Team Movie, the buildings uh, in the movie are actually named for makers of the movies that are being parodied. For example, John Hughes High School. Then you have Anthony Michael Dining Hall, named after Anthony Michael Hall, and Harry Dean Stadium, named for Harry Dean Stanton. I like Anthony Michael Dining Hall. That's clever. That's a great one. The principal in Scary Movie, Principal Squigman, is played by David L. Lander, who played Greaser Squiggy on Laverne and Shirley. There's a bottle of Schatz beer from the brewery where Laverne and Shirley worked in his office. This is parodying the principal in Scream, who was played by Henry Winkler, who played the Greaser Fonzie on Happy Days. Love that. All right, so in another team movie, during the big football game near the end, a bunch of players run out of bounds. There's some great names on the back of some of the jerseys, but one of them just says extra. <laughs> That's really good. Which is great. That's really good. In one of the first scenes in Cindy's bedroom, she says, would you like to have a little bump bump? That line was originally written for Scream, but it was later changed to, would you like to have a little raw footage? So scary movie, clearly read the original script for Scream and tried to take some stuff from it. I, I like the cleverness of the writers doing that. Took the title and everything. All right, so for not another teen movie, I have one more for you. It is when Jake is running from the prom to catch Janie, he passes a store called Spicoli's, and that's the name of Sean Penn's character in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Another classic teen movie. Nice. Most of the brand names seen in Scary Movie have been slightly changed. For example, when the killer is telling jokes to the others, there's a character wearing a t-shirt with Toke written in a can printed on it referring to Coke, but also because they were smoking weed. Also, all of the drinks seen in the fridge have been misspelled. For example, Colt instead of Colt. Same when the killer's doing the what's up scene. He's holding a beer can called Killer in reference to Miller. <laughs> I love that. I never noticed that. Wow. <laughs> Those are great. That's great. I didn't either. Those are good. I love when the props 
department steps it up. Right. Yeah, it was cool. All right, who's getting the point? I'm going to have to go with Scary Movie. I mean, it's little things like that that I never noticed, like the killer in reference to Miller or the toke to Coke. It's just like they're kind of overshadowed by like how funny the scenes are, like the was up scene. Like I would have never looked anywhere other than Shorty's mouth to watch yeah. him say was up. I do love in that scene too when the ghost face mask just keeps changing. Right. Um, that's funny. That's really funny. And that's funny. a mask I sought out and bought as a kid and wore for like three, Did four you? Halloweens in a row. Yeah. Do you still have it? No, I oh, lost it at man. some point or I gave it away. Nah. If I could get my hands on one of those masks, that right. would be awesome. All right. Don't call it a comeback, Alex. Oof. Three to three, heading into round seven. Better story, better script, and more fun. For Scary Movie, we talked about how it was kind of confusing with Doofy, but I do like script-wise how they did give a lot of clues that it was Doofy throughout the whole movie, specifically that scene when he calls her from his own house, but then the mom comes in and he comes out pretending he's doing something with the vacuum. And What does he say there? Stop interrupting me when I'm cleaning my room. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that is so funny. <laughs> You know, and in my opinion, when you think about Not Another Teen Movie compared to Scary Movie, I think Not Another Teen Movie just tried to parody too many movies instead of just doing what Scary Movie did, which was focus on just a couple big ones and just really hone in and do a good job of parodying those specific movies. Not Another Teen Movie, it was like all around the gamut and they were going from the movies from the 80s to the 90s they could have just focused on she's all that varsity blues and can't hardly wait and made a really good parody movie but they were trying to do a little too much at least in my opinion i also feel like scary movie works better now than not another teen movie i feel like to get some of the jokes from not another teen movie it would really help to know what movies they were making fun of whereas that obviously helps for scary movie 2 but you could also just put that as a formulaic horror movie parody and the scenes are pretty well constructed and the storyline is written well enough and i think it holds itself on its own you take these two movies they're spoofs but they're completely different just their style like how they go about doing parodies I resonate more with the type of humor from Not Another Teen Movie. You know, like we talked about the drier humor, the more one-liners. But yeah, I think there's so many things in the background that are happening that it would take. I mean, I have the luxury of pausing, rewinding, pausing, rewinding. Just like even the opening scene with Ted Mosby. I'm just going to call him Ted Mosby. He's giving a tour. The jocks all line up and they have the Letterman jackets that spell the word jocks. <laughs> and then in the background, there's a banner that says, welcome perspective clicks. You know, just like it's like nonstop from the beginning. Yeah, like all yeah. these like background things. And there's just so much to pay attention to. Now, I love that kind of humor. To me, it's hilarious. But yeah, it's interesting to talk about plot with these kind of movies. And I did, maybe it's just because I like the usual suspects so much, but I just love how when she has the realization, like, you know, who the killer is and like they have the flashbacks and then it's revealed that he's faking the whole time. Like, I thought that was great. But yeah, it's interesting that you say, Rob, like if you don't have any knowledge of the movies, they're spoofing and you watch them, like which one does hold up better or make a little more sense. And maybe not another team movie relies too much on some of those connections. A scary movie could just be a parody of a scary horror movie. And even like going back to what you said, like for people who don't like horror movies, you know, it's kind of like a fun way to watch a horror movie. Johnny, what do you think? Yeah, so I'm piggybacking on both of you guys' messages. Not another team movie, you definitely have to know the movies they're parodying. You really have to be familiar. Like if you don't know She's All That, Can't Hardly Wait. 
um, varsity blues like any of these you really gonna kind of be lost you're gonna have to rely on just like the humor in itself but scary movie you could totally just pick it up and then just like place it in today's like world and people are still gonna laugh so i definitely say scary movie had a better plot but not an ot movie like i love it it's a must watch honestly especially for all of us older folk next time you rewatch it see what you can pick out in the background or like just a line that oh man i missed that the first time around that's that's the thing with these movies yeah, you, you rewatch them and you notice something new every time. Like I yeah. just rewatched both of these movies and I rewatched Scary Movie earlier and I was noticing all the, like the names, the titles they have like at the school. Yeah. I'm going to have to rewatch it now and like look for that killer instead of the Miller. So you're going with Scary Movie? Yeah, it's pretty obvious. All right. So Scary Movie takes the title. That was fun. Those movies, they're really good. Alex, you got any closing thoughts on parody movies? I love a good parody movie. Like I said before, some of my favorite comedies growing up that opened my eyes to a different kind of comedy are parody movies. So it's always fun to go back and look at some of these ones, especially in this era, you know, because like some of the older ones are fun, but like getting them in this era, like late 90s, early 2000s, it's just a fun uh, walk down memory lane for me. I think the best thing about these movies is this talking about them and laughing about them. It's one of the things I feel like you lose as you get older when you're not just around like your friends all the time, when you could just put on a movie and just laugh at the ridiculousness of it and then quote it later. And that's the best thing about these movies is that they're so quotable. You could go 10 years without seeing one of these movies and say a quote from it Mm -hmm. and people are going to know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And they're fun. And that's what we're all about here. We are all about fun on this show. Johnny, we like to close out by re-ranking these movies. So we gave their Rotten Tomatoes score earlier. We like to each give our own personal scores for each of these movies. So Alex, you can go first and then I'll go. And then Johnny, you can give me your scores. This one for me was a lot harder to rank because of the style of movie. But I mean, I'm generous when it comes to scores. But for me, these are very, very, very tight. I'm still going to give Not Another Teen Movie slightly higher because it's just my more my style. But I'm going to go 71 for Not Another Teen Movie and 70 for Scary Movie. I am going 65 for Not Another Teen Movie and 71 for Scary Movie. I think I'm going to go with 65 for Not Another Teen Movie and I'm going to give Scary Movie a 70. Love it. It's really, really close. It is close. I think, honestly, I think this is the closest one for me trying to think of. I can go back and forth. Like, I think my score has changed since we started this. Just talking about Scary Movie. Not that I didn't like it. I thought it was hilarious. But like, it definitely creeped a little closer. So, Alex, are we tied now? Four to four? I think we're tied. I had a big lead. Then you came back. Alex had a four to one lead. Yeah. Oh, we need the game breaker to come out. Yeah. Y'all got to bring out the big guns. You got to make a big one next. I know. So some programming updates. This is going to come out Thanksgiving week. So we hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. We're going to take a week off and then we're going to come back. We're going to do two Christmas movies first week of December. Then for our 10th episode, that's going to be a fun one. We've got something special planned for you, especially if you like 90s movies. You will like what we're going to do that one. And then the week before Christmas, we're going to do two more Christmas movies and maybe movies that are actually critically acclaimed. Might give ourselves an early Christmas present and do two pretty famous famous Christmas movies head to head and see what we can do from there. Johnny, this has been awesome. You have been our first guest. It was a lot of fun. We will definitely have to have you back, especially when we do some more good 90s stuff. Tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. It's at 90s.era.nostalgia. 
Um, just post memes, content, video clips. I post a lot of scary movie. I need to post a lot more, not another teen movie. When in doubt, when Instagram isn't working in my favor, I just post something from one of those like raunchy parody movies and it like blows up. People just love it. His content is really good. I will be posting some stuff, tagging him in it. So check it out. He is worth the follow, especially if you were a child of the 90s like we all were. And even if you aren't, still do it because uh, you should get up on your 90s history because it was a great time to be alive. It was the best era. Yeah, and I just love seeing the, those posts, remembering things that yeah, maybe forgot over the years. Fun to relive some of those for sure. I mean, I just had a blast. This is my first podcast. so Nice. I appreciate you guys for inviting me. And yeah. I'm glad you guys found me on Instagram. Absolutely. We'll have to do this again, and now it was great. This has been The Movie Showdown with Rock and Rob. Make sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review, all that fun stuff. And follow us on all the socials at Rock and Rob Show. Until next time, peace. I'm out of here. See ya. Adios. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! I'm not sure what to do with my hands. Bye, Felicia. That's your home! Are you too good for your home? Answer me! Hasta la vista, baby.